welcome to Shared Screen's special House of the Dragon podcast. We got episode nine for you here, the Green Council. And in this podcast, we're covering the show week to week, Sunday night, ready to drop Monday morning for you. And uh, no book spoilers, we're just going to get into it. Uh, but first, we weren't able to record uh, last week's episode due to just a variety of reasons. So we're just going to get into a quick recap of, of episode eight. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, I uh, will defer to you, Chance. First, uh, what were your general thoughts on, on episode eight uh, real quick? Um, I really liked uh, the last two episodes. Episode eight, like, really set up this episode in a really interesting way. And there was a lot of kind of, there was a lot of moving parts going on. And it was kind of um, starting to cash in on all these characters that we had kind of started to grow to know and to like and, like, place our bets and everything. And it really let, like, them out on the board. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, uh, the last episode, um, Man, really, really made me emotional. I, I got to watch it with Vegas Girl on Fire, who's been on the podcast. Uh, and uh, it was fun to watch it with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that in quite a number of years due to COVID and just throwing what's going on, all, all that stuff. So it was fun to watch that with, with a group of people again. Um, and I just got to tip my cap to Viserys like, Yo. And, and Patty Considine uh, uh, as an actor because um, he did an amazing job. Uh, the whole the whole way, mm-hmm. but specifically this last episode too, where um, we just saw the deterioration of his literal body, but also just his spirit as well. And man, seeing him muster the strength to walk down the hall, I, it, dude, it just like did something in me, man. It it was powerful. Uh, seeing him stand up for his daughter one last time uh, was amazing. And um, sick mask, uh, he's got that dope Targaryen cane. The and, mask was um, hella dope. I really enjoyed the mask. It was. It was. And and they did it. I, I thought the CGI for his body was pretty great because obviously, like, he's a normal dude, but the characters, like, man, see him withered away that much. Like, each week I was like, when's he? Like, I, I know this guy's going to die. I just know it. When is he going to die? And, like, just seeing his condition worsen and worsen over these, what, eight episodes, I was yeah. like, okay. And then this one, I was like, bro, he's, like, ha- he, like half of his body's gone at this point. Like, uh, so that was amazing. Um, and uh, and I, I think this is a change from the book. I haven't read the book. Again, we're not talking book spoilers or future book spoilers. But um, uh, the the, I don't know how you would put it, like, the miscommunication between Viserys and Allison at the end, I thought was very intriguing because I don't think it plays out like that in the books. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, kind of giving Allison, although as we see in this episode, she's she kind of knows that she's playing along with it, but hearing that you know Aegon, like you know the prophecy and like misconstruing that, pro- like that dream, I thought was a, a nice hook to to make the green side a little more um, palatable to root for. Uh, but yeah, that's my general thoughts on episode eight. Fantastic. Give Patty Considine, Considine an Emmy. Yo, and, uh, when the writer of the like thing, right? George R.R. R. Martin said that his Viserys was better than George's dude. Viserys. That is like the best compliment you could ever give a creative. I feel like just like you nailed it so good. You're better than my vision. Like, like flowers off to Patty. One of my favorite yeah. things is this clip of him like, with his wig up in a bun and he's like Cobra Ka. and it's become like a meme at my house Cobra Ka, and we we all just loved patty 
Yeah, I again going back to the Viserys character from what I've uh, I, I try not to read too many things about this era of the Targaryen family and just the events of uh, Westeros because when you Google like, hey, this character, it just like here's everything they did, and so I'm like, I don't even like want to potentially scroll on whatever they do, like and. It's like a Wikipedia page with like all of their like spouses and like kids and everything yeah, like yeah, right up yeah. front. Yeah. 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 I'm like, no, nah, I, I just can't do it. I can't look anything up. So I just have to watch the show, read, you know, the general Reddit threads that are show only listen to the podcast that do that uh, as well, like other stuff. So, um, yeah, they and Patty Considine and the showrunners, I'm assuming as well, made him a more tragic figure mm-hmm. because part of his character is he's a little inept in terms of he's towing the line on both sides. He's not making, uh, you know, concrete decisions like when Corliss called him out uh, uh, a few uh, episodes ago. Um, but I think the decision to make him a more tragic figure, I think, really stirs the pot into making the plot way more compelling. Cause I think in the book, he's just, I mean, we see it a little bit here with like the fairs and the tourneys and the hunts. Like he was known as like a little more of a party King. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make it more tragic it, to me, I think worked to the benefit of the show. Um, so yeah, it, which I think just corroborates with what you uh, reported about how George texted Patty and, and just relate his, uh, admiration for his performance so yeah hats off to patty uh but yeah let's dive into episode nine man the green council um first off i just want to say i was shocked that we didn't see uh rainira or damon or any of the blacks at all knowing what the next episode is titled i i don't think we're gonna see the green side just because of what we got with this episode but that was shocking uh but let's start off with the beginning of the episode and um it is dark and dingy. We see a little kid running across the keep, and I assumed initially it was like one of Aegon's kids or something mm-hmm. like that because he had blonde hair. But I'm assuming it was one of the informants for the White Worm because he went to uh, uh, Talia, I believe her name is, and uh, well, she was a, she's an informant. So do you think she, right. like, employed this little kid that, like... Because he's the one that, like, kind of spread the news, from what I understand. Yeah. Like, he's the one that found uh, Viserys. Yeah, I would assume so, only because he went to Talia first. And 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 knowing what we know in, in, in th- the Thrones, epi- like, the Thrones story, that they employed kids. I think we see kids, uh, what was it, episode two or three, whenever mm-hmm. Rhaenyra mm-hmm. and Damon hit the town. Um and uh, that kid kind of like turned his eye uh, when they like were, I think, entering or leaving the brothel. I can't remember. So I'm assuming it was just like, you know, lower on the totem pole of this like network, this spy network. Um, but yeah, uh, they uh, he relays the information to Talia uh, and the uh, the showrunners kind of put this whole beginning section. I mean, the whole episode, really, of this race against time, um, because there's no, you know, iPhones or blackberries or what have you so word can't get around as quickly as one would like and so but it still got around faster than they wanted which i thought was funny because that was my immediate thing is like nobody's texting about this but they still too many people know and like when the white worm like discloses that she knows to auto i thought that was like a brilliant like his face just anyway sorry to 
no no it, and we'll get into it when that one bald dude gets got <laughs> like how did they like he i thought he sold it bro I th- the actor within the actor i thought he sold it but i, I guess <laughs> not maybe laris i i think yeah laris is there snooping i guess but um yeah it's a race against time the the music at the beginning here was phenomenal just to set the somber tone with that piano mm-hmm exclusively and then as the events of this beginning part of the episode build up it kind of builds into this like full orchestral score with like violins and crazy stuff like that i thought it was amazing Uh, like did you did you have anything to say about the music man i i just thought it was flat out awesome i just thought the whole cinematography of this opening was like really on point and excellent with the the light like mooding and then the way it's color graded going along with the music i it really gets you in the scene of like morning and death like i really enjoyed the entire way that this intro was shot to edited and all of that stuff the music was like very somber in particular now that you bring that up and like it really portrayed the emotions kind of going on i thought really well yeah yeah going back to like just you know it's not like it's joyous music like this he was a good king Mm -hmm. for the most part he was a king of peace which is like arguably the best ruler is one that like isn't remembered because nothing bad happened when you were a ruler like exactly like we had talked like they had mentioned in a previous episode exactly yeah like uh man what was it episode six when viserys was like you know, what's my legacy going to be? I, I think that was episode song. three when there were, they were boar hunting. And he was like, wasn't that? Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of him and Allison's it, talk. It's been echoed. It's been echoed in different like sentiments throughout the, the season. But I think it was like six or seven because he was a little hobbled at this point. Mm. And he was like, what's my legacy going to be? Like, there's not going to be songs and tales of my deeds. And then uh, 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 Orlis Strong. Oh, what was his name? Um, the hand uh, strong. Yeah, the hand strong. He was like, hey, you know, some would argue that this kind of king, this kind of person is way better than somebody who's known for bloodshed and, and war. And uh, so I thought that was beautiful. Just to, again, with the music uh, in, in tune with Viserys. Um, but yeah, so we cut to the small council uh, has been secretly plotting against Rhaenyra this whole time. So the small council meets as soon as Allison knows. Uh, she tells the rest of the council. And bing, bang, boom, Otto is like, all right, let's go to work. I feel like this is the moment Allison snapped on her dad and was like, okay, we're on different teams now. Like, because you did this without me. I have been completely honest and open with you, and you did this shit behind my back because you know I wouldn't like it. See, they are, but they they are they like they aren't, but they are like they yeah because like, but I I would I would argue he's hiding a lot more shit than she is though like oh yeah 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 she's hiding that Rhaenyra slept with Kristen like he's hiding a lot more than that yeah I feel like um what's what's the the adage like she slept with Kristen but then she slept with uh uh, Harwin Strong Mm -hmm. like a bunch of times so it's like. That the Kristen thing doesn't even really matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's done. Like, fair, fair. She knows she's done way worse. It's like why would she even bring that up anymore? But um, but uh, yeah, like and 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 just talking about that, like, and we'll it'll be echoed throughout this episode, this podcast. Like, Allison is like, hey, we need to do this the right way, and Otto's like, like, I mean, that's not gonna work. Like, yeah. you know. Hey, will you please not take the throne? Like, <laughs> Rainier's like, nah, dude, I'm taking the throne. Like, Otto's 
uh, you know, and, and and going like what we just said, like Allison's still going along with a lot of what Otto does. Obviously, there's some conflict uh, in the uh, uh, future part of this episode, but she's like kind of like towing the line of like she's still on the boat, but she's kind of like rowing her oar like the a little bit different way, but it's still kind of going the same like yeah. general direction they that, want to go. That's a really good analogy for it. She's trying as much as she can, but it's the current's taken her where she was already headed. Yeah, which just I mean the the writing of the book, the 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 scripts, the showrunners to like portray this nuanced like kind of character with Allison. I mean, has been phenomenal um uh, and just because nick's not here she is one of the best characters like i have to say it for him because like he always shouts that like oh yeah she is indefinitely after this episode like i anyway we can when we get to the moment i'll talk about it and and because well and we'll see what happens next episode but i'm assuming season two and beyond is going to be like uh what was the i can't remember what the word or the phrase the showrunners were saying but like this is like this whole season is almost like the preamble to this conflict that's coming. And so, I mean, really seeing Allison and Rainier from episode one to now, it's just, it's so tragic, man. It's so sad to see these two lifelong friends kind of devolve or dissolve into, you know, these like enemies, bitter enemies. Yeah, yeah. literally. And I'm sure we'll see the way worse to come. Um, but yeah. They've been plotting the whole time unbeknownst to Allison. And she's like, what the heck? Uh, I also wrote in here, Rip, Lord Beesbury. Shout out to Lord Beesbury, the master of coin. King, bro, the, king. Absolute like, unit. The, I thought the showrunners put it excellently that, uh, I mean, he served he served with Jaehaerys, so the king before Viserys. I, I don't know how long. He said he was, what, 67? So, uh, 76. Or 70. He was in his 70s because it was his 6th and 70th or something like that is how he said it. Okay. It was like. 76. Yeah. He was he old. He said it really. Yeah. He, he said, said it, it really. Con- <laughs> Wait, what? He said it really. He said it really confusingly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like an idiot. We talk yeah. better now. <laughs> um, and uh, just to, you know, kind of just you know, send him off to, to pastures because we won't probably ever talk about him again. I, I think there's a credit to that character in terms of his steadfastness and loyalty to the crown from multiple generations of rulers for, let's say, 76. Let's say he's been on the council for 40 years, something like that. Uh, I'm assuming a good chunk of Jaehaerys' tenure and then obviously the entirety of Viserys' tenure. Um, and he wasn't and corrupted, he, like during that no. entire time and he he survived way too long for like a game of thrones universe character being as like actual like honor based as he is yeah yeah Was. and 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 the showrunners put it excellently where uh i think the last two episodes he's shown moments of um uh, uh of uh haziness i would say where he's uh talking about like an issue that they talked about like 40 minutes ago in one of the small council meetings, I think two episodes ago. And the other one he's talking on for like 30 minutes and they're like, Hey, let's wrap it up. Uh, he has this like moment of lucid lucidity at the end here where he's like, Hey, like we all know this is wrong, right? Like Viserys named Rhaenyra her heir. We had all the Lords and ladies swear fealty and knights swear fealty to her. Like, what are we doing here? And then bro, 
how many murders can Kristen Cole get away with, bro? He just cold cocks his head into the table, bro. What? I just got flashes of like, never mind, I won't talk. That old man that was like walking away from a protest and got hit and like he hit, like he got shoved and mm-hmm. like just yeah. seeing old dudes take a tumble like that and like hurt it, it hits me in a weird place. And how easily his head like got smashed in by their little like, I don't sphere or Kristen Cole like needs to get it now. Like he went from my favorite, one of my favorites to now, like he's a punk ass bitch and I hope somebody takes him out. I hope it's the old Kings, the, the now retired head of the Kings guard. Westerling. Yeah. I love that. He dude. his name. Yeah. Yeah. When he like, yeah. they start to stand off and like Kristen is full of himself at this point, like by holding up the sword to like, him the commander bro dude like how you got some cojones bro 20 years ago you were crying because you had sex bro like come yeah. on get over it you're ready to commit saboku <laughs> and just like rip your cuts yeah. out <laughs> now you're trying to act like you're king shit crazy yeah so uh shout out to lord beesbury uh he stood up for what's right paid the like yeah chris and cole didn't even like like sit him on his shoulder he just fucking shoved his head like yeah bro like, what do you think was gonna happen man? like the joker onto oh that pencil gosh. just smashed his head in <laughs> yeah. yes dude yes i like, had to rewind that part to make sure i saw that right because i did not expect him to like have that amount of violence like towards this mr beesworth or whatever his fucking name was he was Beesbury, a, yeah a og did yeah, not deserve to coin. go did not deserve to go out like that master of coin and to his credit, I don't think, to my knowledge, in Jaharis' reign and in Viserys' reign, no financial troubles. As you know, in Game of Thrones, like, always every season, they're like, hey, we need a loan from the Iron Bank. Hey, we have no money. Hey, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Beesbury had his ducks in a row, bro. <laughs> Excellent so, accountant. <laughs> shout, yeah. Shout out to Lord Beesbury. Um, and they just leave his body there. They're like, nah, we got to make sure we're all on board here for this coup. We all need to get uh, our stories straight before we go out. Yeah, crazy. Again, just like the, because you can't instantly communicate stuff, like the fact that they could get away with something like that, nuts. Um, Lord Commander Westerling with the sweet-ass facial hair is like, I I, 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 I think he wants to side with Rhaenyra mm-hmm. just because he knows she's like the rightful heir. But obviously he can't be like, I side with Rhaenyra because like they would have her kill, which we'll get into it later when the lords and ladies are knee, bending the knee. That one guy just walks away. I don't know what happened with him, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But he he just quits, which, by the way, Kingsguard members cannot quit. They can't. They cannot. They can't. No. I did that's not know why, that. I think that's why Cole, Kristen Cole was allowed to get away with like straight up murdering uh, uh, Joffrey, uh, Monsmouth or something like that, whatever his name was, the Knight of Kisses. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 um, yeah, so uh, it, it's kind of like a, a Supreme Court judge. Like you're just in there for life, and hopefully you don't suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so, uh, which is that's just an unprecedented move for Westerling to quit. Uh, turns in his white cloak. Um, he, uh, I'm assuming he's going to disrobe later. Oh, I, I hope we see him again. Yeah. I really do. I don't think, I think um, he's going to go to Rhaenyra. Like, I think yeah. that's where he's headed and he's going to have like some inside tracks because he's been at all those meetings. Like, I think he's going to be, if he makes it out, I think he's going to be a very valuable resource for Rhaenyra and Damon. Yeah. And 
and, and I'm comparing this to like season one Game of Thrones, literally because it's season one of both shows, and like there's a coup in season one of Thrones. They're, they have like on. a lot of similarities going on, but but like, bro, I I know for a matter of fact, Cersei and Joffrey would not have let Westerling leave, bro. They would have fucking killed oh, him. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like Thrones was way more brutal. And I think that's what's so awesome about House of the Dragon and and the Dance of Dragons is conflict. It's more nuanced. Where like Otto and and Allison are like, uh, we want to do this, but we don't want to like just straight up like cut pack people down left and right. Like we want to like there, kind of be above board a little bit. It's it's so it's so different and nuanced. I love it. There are a lot more like I don't know what the chivalrous uh, chivalr. You know yeah. what the word I'm trying to say about it and mm-hmm. like really, it's like how. Uh, wars were fought before like the american civil or independence war like how you like stood in a line and you shot at each other and you saw each other and then it like moved into different <laughs> tactics i feel like that's the this the two different styles of of uh politicking going on yeah it, it's just it's just fascinating um and so next we get to uh the big question where is Aegon? so they're like we got to get this plan into motion we we only got a limited time here where the hell is like the the heir to the throne? Um, so Otto sends Sir Eric and Arik. <laughs> Again, they have they're tw- okay. I Bro, his parents a- need to get their shit together. Did they like what the? They're twins already. Why would you do that to them? <laughs> They're, bro, they're dressed the same throughout this entire They have the same fucking beard and top knot. Like, come on, bro. Y'all really need to be your own. I guess they are their own people. They support different, differently, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I think this was a casualty of this being in a show format because I was listening to this podcast I was talking about last week's episode. And um, uh, there's a brief. conversation i think with rhaenyra and i can't remember i can't remember if it was eric or Arik, uh in like episode six. Oh shit so like a brief like one line one line um and then uh, i think they were mentioned briefly last episode but we really didn't get to like see them and or get introduced to them until this episode so that was definitely one of the moments in the show where i was like okay i catch up like on who these guys are trying to remember where they were from um, I mean, did, I had no idea at all. I had okay. no idea where they, who they were. And I just thought one of them, like, I just thought they had two different opinions and it worked for me. Cause yeah. I, I feel yeah. like the brother being with Aegon all the time would really desensitize him to like the fucked up shit that he's doing where the other brother just comes into it, sees these kids with nails and filed down teeth going at each other. And he's like, what this, the, the now going to be King is doing this shit and you're just cool with it. Like I've, I thought that dynamic re- played really well, not knowing who the characters were, but now knowing who they are, like it makes me want to go back and rewatch those scenes. So that way it's better sets up who these two people are. Cause I, re- I, I hope they're not gone after this episode. I really liked what they brought to this episode. Yeah. I think in the week ahead, they showed, Oh, they did show the one, the one that's Arik. So the a Arik size with Otto. And then Eric with the E sides with Rhaenyra. And so I think we see Eric because he busts out Rhaenys. And I think we see him in the week ahead uh, showing up to Dragonstone. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, and again, it's not like, like you said, like you didn't really need to know who they are. It was just one of those things of like, oh yeah, I remember listening to this podcast that talked about like some of the book stuff that like just got glossed over because of 
the show format. And I was like, okay, so yeah, okay. Like, so I kind of knew more about them than the show actually led on. So I was like, wait a minute. Okay. These, okay. So that was just something uh, a little confusing. So yeah. Uh, let me uh, jump back here. Um, so yeah. Auto sensor, Eric and Arik, uh, Cargill to find Aegon amidst King's Landing. Uh, Rainey's is locked into her room and uh, good old Larry strong rounds up the house maidens and the little uh, lads. I don't know what you would call them. The, the just all of, boys. Yeah. All of yeah, the, 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 the workers. Help, yeah. yeah the, the help. Yeah. Uh, up. Uh, uh, they lock them in prison cells and I'm assuming we don't see it, but interrogating and probably cutting off tongues and other body parts. Um, having fealty was, sworn before they cut off the tongue. Yeah, this dude, man, Laris is a bad dude. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it later. Um, uh, Allison T- Hightower sends Kristen Cole, and then Aemon Targaryen joins Kristen. Uh, so again, like we were talking earlier, Otto and Allison are both kind of competing against each other within the same family, within the same goal of trying to find Aegon to kind of like uh, co coax him into their like way of thinking, their viewpoint, because. Uh, Allison is still kind of like, hey, let's do this by the book. Otto's like, look, we need to like kill Rhaenyra and her kids immediately. Um, uh, so uh, Aemon and Otto, or Aemon and Kristen look for Aegon, and Aemon knows Aegon's proclivity. So we, we've seen bits and pieces of this throughout the show, uh, but um, apparently it's gotten way, way, <laughs> way I mean, off the rails. He's actually... He sexually assaulted somebody last episode, but it's, apparently it's just getting even weirder and freakier. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how, how do you how do you feel like this aspect of Aegon's character kind of uh, lends him to being uh, maybe not the best choice uh, for King? <laughs> I, f- I feel like this is the most damning evidence anybody needs to, like, boot his ass off of, like, yeah just send him off the island, vote him off the island. He's not good news. Let's get him out of here. Cause the kids stuff like, okay, go into brothel, whatever. Like it seems like all of the royalty do that, but like the kid thing. And then to further it, that some of his bastards are there. Like it just like gets weird. Like, Oh dude, I, I was, never mind. The dragon. I wish it would have uh, disobeyed a little bit. I'll put it that way. Ah. Um, again, it makes me think of Robert, uh, Baratheon in Thrones where like, uh, when dad was kind of snooping around looking for clues, like left and right, he was like finding kids and stuff that looked like Robert. <laughs> so man, something about being a King makes you just want to go into the, the Sp- lowlands and just spread your fun. seed. Yeah, <laughs> I guess, I guess. Um, so Otto is, uh, assembles in, uh, the Iron Throne uh, room, and he uh, makes a bunch of lords and ladies swear fealty to Aegon the Second, um, and most of them do it. I feel like most of them do it only because it's like peer pressure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a couple of them don't. Um, I couldn't get the the guy's name. Uh, I, I don't think he said what house he was a part of. I might have just not uh, heard it. Uh, but the lady, and she was part of House Fell. Uh, so I think there's like what two or three families that said no I think in that given moment. I get, I remember two for sure, and then the one dude who rides out to the gate like kneels at the last second. I yeah. there could have been another one, 
but I don't remember if there was yeah. three or not. But generally, most of the families are like, yeah, we're on board. Like, yeah, they you know, they see the on. writing on the wall. Like, we don't want to be hung from like the courtroom or courtyard. So we'll, we'll bow. They, they they see the writing on the wall slash, um, you know, like has been echoed throughout a couple of these episodes. Like people like people in this world just want to see a man mm-hmm. on the throne over over a woman, regardless of the qualifications of both. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and they bring up to like, uh, at a different point, like, Hey, this was made 20 years ago. This, this swear, you know, swearing a fealty was made 20 years ago to some of the people in charge who swore those oaths aren't even around anymore. Yeah. The King's not around anymore. Like, why does this matter? So, I mean, which is interesting to think about, uh, but uh, we go back to the search for Aegon. Cole and Aemond are lost. Uh, but Eric and Arik are on the trail. And this is where we get to the, the fight pit with uh, uh, the little kids uh, with uh, sawed uh, fingernails. And what else did they have? You said they had something else like, oh, flat, like sawed teeth or something. Like they that? had filed like, teeth and nails. Yeah. They grew their nails out. And I think that... W- those are the only two things I remember them doing, but they had to like fight each other and wor- or kill each other and worse is what one of, is what the white worm said. Yeah. So, uh, Eric and Arik find themselves in this like nasty, I mean, who would, who's walking in there? Like, all right, I'm ready to bet on some kids beating each other up. Let's go. Like, I want to see this, this one rip the other one's neck. Like what kind of sick, fu- uh, anyway, it, this was, this is one. This isn't the worst thing we've seen in Thrones or House of the Dragon, but it was like so unnerving in a, yeah. in a unique way. Yeah, I don't know how to put it. It was just very, very uh, weird. Um, but in this fight pit, uh, Eric and Arik are not in sync. So Eric sides with Otto. He's like, "Hey, the hand of the king knows best. Like, who am I to question his judgment?" And and Eric is like, uh, like we're doing all this shady shit to install this guy on the throne when Rhaenyra was the heir. Like, why are we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he's yeah. actually like questioning uh, his superiors. And I mean, I'm still on Team Black. And uh, we see uh, the bald dude. I don't. We didn't get his name, but we see the bald dude uh, try to uh, hitch uh, a ride out of the Red Keep again. I know it's a red keep and it's a freaking like castle of like the royal family, but man, they had like eight thousand locks on this one door. Like, yeah, bro, like so many. This is it tighter security than Fort Knox? Like, my gosh, it took so long. Again, this was like I had a little bit of a disconnect where, obviously, he showed some hesitancy in swearing fealty to Aegon in the throne room, uh, and we see Laris in that scene when the lords and ladies are bending the knee. We see him just on the little uh, perch there kind of watching. Um, apparently, he just, like, instantly read that dude and knew he was not about that life. And he saw the hesitation like, in the eyes, and he's like, I'm going to watch this motherfucker. He couldn't see his eyes. He was behind him. Oh, fair, fair. I think, or the side. I don't know. He but, wasn't, like, analyzing him head on. Yeah, so, again, he, like, again, he might have had... We don't know the extent of his spy network. We see later on one of those like dudes in the evil cloaks burn the like jail. Um, but I'm because, yeah, we'll get into it later. But, but he's like, hey, there's another spy network. I'm assuming Laris has a bunch of people too, 
a lot of people without tongues or whatever. I don't know how they maybe they just write it down. I don't know. But I would agree. Um, yeah. 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 Um, he calls them out and and apprehends has people apprehend uh, this lord before he leaves. And I wrote, this dude cannot come up with an alibi. Like nothing. Like you had all of that time. They brought up. Yeah. I was hungry. (laughs) Like I wanted to, you know, go to the docks and watch, uh, you know, the Blackwater Bay, you know, waves and, or my aunt was sick. I need to go home. Like he just, he just, he didn't say nothing. Yeah. And of course they're like, well, the King's justice for him then. Cause we know like, yeah, like dude, he damned come on, him. Man. He, he damned himself by omission. Like, say that you're going to get your family, so that way you can be at the coronation. Like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. go the other way with it. Yeah. This, so this dude couldn't come up with an alibi. Dies. Rest in peace. Um, and then we cut to uh the the beginning of the burial process for King Viserys. And I I wrote this down because again, just the nuance of the these characters and these situations. Like we truly see Alicent being sad mm-hmm. for the loss of Viserys. Um, obviously, their marriage uh, wasn't like either's first choice. It was kind of because of the duty of the king to, you know, marry someone else and have kids and all that stuff. Um, but I feel like they did have, for the most part, like an understanding and respect towards each other. I think there was uh, like genuine love there, it, like that grew over time. I mean, they did like kind of hit it off right off the bat when Otto sent her in there right after Emma had died. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like she and she talks about in this episode and in episodes past like that she was manipulated into this situation a little bit. But we do see at the be yeah with the uh the stone uh replication of old Valyria and how Allison took a notice of Sarah's passion for that and brought the statue uh, and all that. Like we do, yeah, there was a, a relationship there, a, a genuine relationship, respect, love. And so it was, again, just to share the nuance of her, of Allison and her side like that, there was this like love for Viserys. Yeah. Uh, even though she's like, again, and she talks about like committing moves to go against his daughter. Just, yeah. I, so I thought that was, beautiful again the 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 wrapping the burial process was uh super fascinating but then um allison turns all business and she gives rainy's an ultimatum she's like look like you should join our side our side's way cooler uh if you join us we'll have more dragons like come on let's do it um and then rainy's is like um she essentially says something along the a lot along the lines of like uh, you know, because uh, Allison's like, hey, you should have been queen over Viserys, and Rainey's is like, bro, you're playing, you're playing into this game of like, not only the game of of Thrones, but like into this patriarchal system, like you're playing into it, yeah. Because Allison's like, hey, like our our duty, our our like role is to like guide the men into like the positions and uh, decisions that we want them to make. Um, so first, what did you think of, uh, Allison and, uh, and Viserys with the burial first, and then we'll go into the Rainey's, uh, discussion. I thought it was a really tender moment the way that she like had a very deep 
respect for him like with her actions it like was very telling and like there was a love lost in that moment and like the way that she gingerly i if i'm being honest i just thought that the cloth that they wrapped him in looked hella comfortable it looked really nice dude um and then going into uh allison's talk with renice i think that i was i was turned off at first because i thought allison was being a little too pleady and then I saw, like, where she was going with it, and she was, like, being sincere. And I think Renice saw that as well, um, kind of shown later in the episode when she believed her and everything. But I did think that Renice, like, bestowed quite a bit of wisdom in that short conversation to Allison for the future. And um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And I'm actually really interested to see, like, how Renice just goes back to Driftmark, but she's ally like people are gonna know that the dragon broke loose and like could have torched the the king right so like how is that gonna handle with Rhaenyra and like are they just gonna brush it off and be like okay we understand you don't want any part of this fight that's fine and I, I I'm interested to see where that goes but I did think the conversation with Rhaenys and Allison I wasn't looking for it I didn't think I needed it and of course it like over delivered as as fuck it was a really good conversation and I thought it was like very telling the way. Anyway, I digest. Yeah, uh, and we'll see uh, at the end of the episode. But uh, again, it just shows how like smart and wise Rainice is as yeah. a person. Again, Viserys was a uh, pretty good king, but uh, I I would wager that Rainice probably would have been a better queen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, just judging based on her character, her wisdom, and just how she approaches herself, life, and, and others. The uh, remark about him being, like, hunting and, like, researching about his family and her being the better queen, I thought, like, hit really well, just because that is 100% what I think both wished would what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, if Viserys wasn't king, I, I still think he would have been pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think but... he was, like, that into the idea of being king. Except yeah, for... yeah. We, we see him lament a lot of the duties and responsibilities in, in some of the earlier uh, episodes. Um, uh, so Otto uh, cuts a deal with Masaria, a.k.a. the White Worm, because uh, earlier uh, Masaria's like, I ain't telling nobody nothing unless I see the hand of the king right here. And she got him to come down, man. Again, in this cloak. Uh, obviously, uh, Incognito. not a lot of know who he is. Yeah, you want, yeah Incognito. In- um, but uh, Kristen Cole and uh, Eamon obviously know who Otto is, and so they see him there, and again, plays into the, what goes on in the future, but they, they start tailing him. Um, but uh, I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know why, just because it was like a little absurd. But Masari is like, hey, I'll tell you where Aegon is for a bag of cash, and if you like, essentially promise more freedom and equality and a better standard of living for like a lot of the poor folk, and, and abolish like, the child fighting pits. Well, that was like the main point. And like, it was like, okay, so she's not a piece of shit. But, but like, but I was like, yeah, we'll do that. I'll right look after. into it. Yeah. It's like, dude, there's no way in heck this is going to happen. Like, no. like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, like she tried though. I, I yeah. appreciate the, the effort. Um, but, uh, she, yeah, she has high aspirations for that. Um, uh, the Cargills, Eric and Arik, uh, find Aegon 
but they're usurped by Kristen Cole and Amon, who had been tailing in for some time at that point. And uh, this is where we see the uh, split between Eric and Arik kind of come to fruition, where uh, Arik is fighting Cole and Eric is just standing by and he's like, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Obviously, Cole is a well versed swordsman and he wins that duel against Arik. Um, and then Eric just dips. We see him what he does later, but he just like is out of there. Again, another member of the King's Guard. He just kind of shirks his duties. Like, Everybody's crazy. Quit. quitting today, dude. It's just not a good day to be in the Kingsguard. It, it, that's crazy. Like, cause like, yeah, you're not allowed to quit. You can't get fired. It's like a for life position. Uh, and we've had two people quit in, I think, the same day. I, I yeah, cause it's all the same day. Cause the next day is when Aegon gets crowned. Yeah. Um. Uh, the uh, showrunners uh, talked about this in the like uh, behind the scenes for the episode, and they said uh, Aegon is a visibly tormented character. Like we see him kind of like shaken a lot of this episode, uh, and then Aemon is also tormented, but he he keeps it under wraps. Like we see him. Uh, there's that dope shot of him staring at the fireplace, and it's like that side shot. I'm like, yeah. this dude is like one. Like I'm Team Black, but. They're, they're, again, I like Damon a lot too. I think it kind of carries over to Eamon. But like, I was like, this dude just looks cool, man. Maybe it's the eye patch. I don't know. But bro, um, he is like quickly turning into like the character that you love but should hate for me because like, <laughs> I don't know. He looks like a pompous ass, but like he has the skills to back it, back it up. He was bullied as a kid, and he now he like can whip everybody's asses. He ha- does have the. I, so my thought was, um. Otto, if he got Aegon, I kind of uh, was thinking because they wanted to meet him outside of the city walls that he was just going to let him go because he knows that the younger brother is the better king. That's where I was leading with it. That's why he wanted to talk to him first or he was going to kill him because he knows that's that not the right weird. the right choice. Why would you have him meet you outside of the city unless you're going to f- pretend like you're going to let him go and then you knife him in the back? Because I'm sure he would have let the brother do it. He's like, all right, you want this, kill him. And now this is our secret, and you fucking owe me. Like, that's how he get. like, that's where my mind was playing with it, but I'm not sure if that's kind of the road we were going, but. That's fascinating, because to our knowledge, Otto wanted Aegon to be on the throne, but yeah. I think he just wanted, I think he just wanted one of his heirs to be on the throne. I don't think he gives a fuck about which grandkid it is. I think he just wants his grandkid to be royal, like. That's how I've been reading it, like, oh, because yeah. nobody likes Aegon. He's kind of turned into a piece of shit, right? Like everybody thinks he's like fucked. It. Like his is that his sister? That's his wife, right? I'm not, okay. Mm-hmm. Like nobody. Anyway, I digest. That's my that's my theory is that Otto was gonna have him killed. I didn't even uh, that didn't even occur to me, but like, yeah, like because Allison is like, hey, like you're being locked in this room we're swearing you in tomorrow like we're getting this done to just solidify it as much as we can but but i was like let's meet outside the city walls like yeah, yeah that okay you might be up to something there because yeah with Amon, as far as we know uh great fighter we don't know about Aegon's fighting prowess i'm assuming uh, Aegon, it's not great but he can drink everybody under the table <laughs> he's so he's got that probably up on uh Aemon. uh Aegon sexual assaulter mm-hmm. and uh, into weird sex stuff. Amen to our knowledge, none of those. 
and uh, he was like nice to the prostitute that took his virgin like there was like that nice little moment between them and he was like thanks man she's like i got uh, you chief you're hot and a, 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 um, a student of uh, the arts and all of the learned subjects so he, he's a, a book man as well to our knowledge Aegon is not so yeah he does seem like a, a way better choice but again as we know in thrones people who want the throne are not well suited Aegon doesn't want it so maybe he secretly will be a good king i don't know but yeah uh we'll, we'll have to <laughs> see see about that later um yeah so uh otto and allison confront each other once allison gets Aegon, and they are like just arguing about how to go about the same objective they're like we need to do this we need this and again yeah maybe laying credence to your theory like allison's like hey we're gonna swim in tomorrow we're giving them uh black fire Aegon sword we're doing it in, uh, in the dragon pit in front of everybody to just, they want the crowd in there to see it so that they accept him. Um, and, I, and I was like, all right, sounds good. Like, yeah. So I don't know what his plan was different. Right. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. You got me thinking, you got me thinking. Um, I think he knew somebody was going to be like uh, ascended the next day, whether it was one of the two brothers was going to take it. So that way they secured it. Like, I anyway, we'll see if my theory was right in later episodes. No future spoilers in the comments. I'm looking at you, motherfuckers. Yeah, no no spoilers. Show only yeah. development. Um, uh, Laris meets Allison again at like midnight. Uh, just waiting in her room again. Like, bro, how, like this guy's like quickly, Bob, man. Quickly turns into all the dude. How the fuck? Yeah, he does have like the master key. <laughs> this scene goes from creepy to what the fuck real quick like yeah. zero to oh my god do you want to do you want to talk about it or do you want me to talk about it uh you can talk about it. i don't want <laughs> i don't want to explain what happens uh all i wrote in the notes here for this entire scene was laris is a feet guy slash yikes yeah uh he's a feet guy uh -huh. and this isn't the first time it's happened we'll just put it that way because she knows what's coming next like i so obviously they've been meeting for years, if not like a decade or more at this point. When did this start? Yeah. And did, yeah. And, and did she ever like, did she ever go? Like, <laughs> did she know like, cause I she's think just she, right there. All she just has to do is. <laughs> I think it started with, all right, now I'm going to do my thing. And then she's like, Oh no, I don't want to watch this part. And it's like a, a voluntary turn. Or, is that part of the deal? I don't like, like yeah. I feel like every time he like stopped talking and she like took off her socks, I feel like that was something that he had to work up to. So there was just months of like him only seeing her feet in the socks. And then he's like, but if you want the next part, you're going to have to like take the socks. Like, I feel like he had to slowly work up to the eventual satisfaction, satisf whatever you get what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. Like, before he killed his dad and brother, he was of nobility, so he could hire anybody he wanted. He's then the Lord of Harrenhal, could hire anybody he wanted. He's part of, like, the Queen's, like, inner circle, could have hired anybody he wanted. Like, like bro, like, don't you want to stimulate the King's Landing economy, like, instead of getting your jollies off of some weird crap, bro? Yeah, like, what? Yeah, but who else gets to see the Queen's feet but him? Like... The most like Sarah's a long time ago, I'm assuming. But yeah. other than that, he yeah. hasn't been able to see the floor for at least ten years. <laughs> yeah, jeez, dude. 
What a weird... I did not... Like, I knew he was into... Like, he's just a, a weird PV guy. Uh, but, man. Foot fetish, wow. bro. I, I did not peg him for one, but it makes sense now that we know. Oh, yeah. All is revealed. Uh, we then cut to next. Uh, Eric, with an E, uh, defects from the Kingsguard. Dude, they have the same name except one letter, and they look the same. Their, their parents deserve to be, like tarred and feathered for this bullshit like what the fuck you have damn I gotta google kids. i might google who the cargills are and just like go on i don't know yeah wow wild wild um he defects from the king's guard and uh takes Renice to safety um again i so i don't know like obviously they again we and we see it with uh the dragon pit um but uh uh Renice sees like a kind of like shuffling going on at the beginning of the episode out her window. Again, I don't know if she can climb out of that window. I'm assuming not just because then people can climb in. Yeah. But, um, uh, Eric, uh, uh, swoops her out of uh, her chambers again, though. He's wearing full Kingsguard regalia. So like people know who he is. Like, who who you got with you, bro? Like what the? F- yeah, I, yeah. All I'm saying I, is, if I was in... walking in uniform and one of my homies that was on shift with me saw me and I wasn't where I was supposed to be, they would be like, "Yo, Carter, what the fuck are you doing?" And I'd be like, "Oh, nothing." And then they'd come and see who I was with. It's stupidest well, shit. Like, I, again, they're in like the thralls of King's Landing, so there's a bunch of like common folk, and they probably they probably see the armor, but they may not know what it means. But we see like some of the like general city watch people. And they probably wouldn't know, I would assume. I don't think that they'd be shoving him, that's for sure. Like, because they just, like, shove everybody down. I feel like they'd be like, all right, bro, get past. Or what, anyway. Yeah. Again, in the in those days and, and in, like, real medieval times, City Watch people were probably dumb as crap, too, and they just didn't know nothing. So <laughs> The grunts I, I from Halo. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, Laris... Uh, kills uh, the rival informants of the White Worm Network, uh, just lighten the jail on fire. Again. I, when we don't see a body, I don't think she's dead. White Worm's yeah. still rolling around. She's still barreling. She, well, she's out, but like Talia and some of those oh, kids. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, like all the people in the Red Keep that were like spying on just everybody for Otto or for, like Larry says, for whoever just hires her. Uh, those folks are, are dead. Um, sorry, I keep again, like about to sneeze and it's like not co- anyway. Sorry, if you see me starting to cheer up, that's like, why yeah. you just gotta make yourself sneeze, man. That's, I keep that's looking it, directly at the light, nothing's working. Sorry, continue. Um, again, this makes me think of like, uh, what was it, the great Chicago fire of like 1812 or whatever? Like, bro, that that's gonna burn like half of the, of the city, bro. Like, there ain't no firefighters coming to like. Take All the houses like, are connected. Like what? what yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Like uh, we're just going to see we got taken care of uh, in a quick and succinct manner. Um. Uh. And then here is where the episode gets very interesting because from uh, every moment up until this point, we've seen Aegon be a skis scumbag, a doofus, a sexual assaulter, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh. But here you start to like really feel for him a little bit. I know that sounds weird to say, 
Uh, no, I, I'm in the I, exact same boat. Like, I really didn't give a shit about him until, like, this conversation with Alice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and again, it really sets up the next scene with him getting knighted or uh, crowned. I thought it set it yeah. up really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, adding more points. So this episode is all about the Greens, obviously. Next episode is all about the Blacks. This, is, like, really made me feel for Aegon that I had never felt before uh, because he, like, is like, hey, I never felt loved by my dad, truly, and I'm, like damn man that sucks like yeah i i I don't personally empathize with that but like (laughs) to not be loved by anybody that you care about has to like just immensely suck yeah he doesn't want the crown and he doesn't think he deserves it like he literally says that out loud multiple times throughout this episode especially in the little uh car ride here and then he says like allison responds to him in this way so harshly but i i i don't think this was like a uh as she as she says imbecilic moment like uh i really felt like it was like an earnest like yeah he literally says do you love me and allison's like you you imbecile you i thought that was like like a very like no shit dumbass like of course i love you i'm doing all of this for i thought it was like a really he's not sure part of it he's part of it is just because he's the firstborn regardless of yeah who that person is but but yeah go ahead you're right though i just think like all of the things that she's doing are for her kids, right? Like her dad scared the shit out of her when she was 16 and told her that if she didn't take care of them, nobody else would and they'd be slaughtered. And so like, I think she's been so busy making sure that nothing happens to him that she hasn't necessarily communicated that love in a, in a certain manner. And so when he asks her, it's like such a stupid question. I just loved that little interchange of like, yeah, you idiot. Of course I love that. Anyway, I, I thought it was really nice. Like a, uh, you know, episode or two ago, what, six years ago? I can't remember how much longer it was. He, she's like, you're no son of mine and slaps him and stuff. So I do feel like there was like some like he just needs some validation from anybody. Yeah. Because he, he assumingly never really got it from his dad. Um, that's something I wish we saw more of, like the relationship of Viserys and like Allison and, and the kids throughout the 20 years or so i think we kind of got it though of like him not really fucking around with him at all and always calling ranera his favorite kid in front of him like i think that's kind of the relationship like maybe i'm wrong but like what they showed us like that's really what it seems to be yeah yeah true true which like she is the best kid but you don't need to say that in front of him come on now (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh we next cut to uh the coronation of aegon uh they arrive at the dragon pit which i know it was cg but it looked insanely dope it kind of reminded me of uh the senate building in the star wars prequels i would uh, yeah of like like that same like shot of like kind of like on um the same plane but like tilting up a little bit and just showing this massive like rotunda building it looked awesome leave it to you to bring up the fucking attack of the clones god like it is true but i I just had a menace revenge of the sith all that good stuff i just had to tease um, i had to poke fun with anakin as your background (laughs) (laughs) um uh seeing the whole crowd there like it this like truly felt like a spectacle um and uh they talked about uh in uh, the behind the scenes of like the high tower, you know, the high towers, the greens, they really wanted to put on a show because they wanted all of the common folk to be like, Hey, this is like legit, you know, this is not really, we want want you to think it is legit. Yeah. 
So uh, how did how did that come across to you? Did it feel bombastic? Did it feel larger than life? Like what what did this uh, coronation scene do for you? Um, I really like the sense of scale, and I was wondering why they were doing it in the dragon pit makes sense I think now Targaryens to like hey Targaryen okay. Targaryen yeah I gotcha I gotcha um I did think having them all there was a wise decision because you kind of see them falter and then one person starts clapping and they're all like all right this is what we should be happy about now and it's very ah. like mob mentality when you get that many people together and they're like I don't know they've never been given any sort of like response like say over like r really what their life is about and so just one person claps and that's what they're supposed to do I think they put too much weight on the kingdom wanting a female or a woman queen, like a queen ruling over the kingdom. Just in that scene, it seemed like a few of them were like, but what about Rhaenyra? Like, anyway, I thought like it really showed mob mentality really well. And the sense of scale was really, really cool. I also loved yeah. when the soldiers started walking out and made that line like, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, Yeezy's uh, gonna do uh, that in that at a fucking concert. Sticking the swords up and yeah. then like swinging them down when he passed, and then like, yo that first dude at the same time. Yeah, like that first dude that brought it down in that scene. He looked like he about cut the king's foot off. Like he brought it down so hard, and then like the next two people like brought it down a little softer. Yeah, <laughs> I digest. Yeah, I, I think it goes back to what episode three night when Damon and Rhaenyra went hit the town, and Damon's like. The common folk, like, they don't want you. They want a, a male heir. And uh, I think that kind of corroborates what you just said with that mob mentality where even, like, you, you saw in this in the, in the scene, like, in this large crowd of people, like, some of the women were like, yeah, like, let's go. Yeah. Like, like they, they, yeah, they even want a, a dude. Yeah, for sure. I just after 20 years of like her being the supposed heir, you'd think some pe more people would have gotten one over or there'd be a little bit more, but the second one, one person starts clapping, everybody's on board. Yeah. I, I think on that front, we see throughout the, the, the season that Rhaenyra, she, she, over time, she's developed a political acumen, but there's been times in the past, like, I mean, in, in that night of the town, she's like, I don't care what they think. And so I think there's been times throughout her history where she, hasn't played the game to her favor in that way mm -hmm. in terms of winning over the public. So I think that aloofness might hinder her a little bit. I mean, she's been retreated to Dragonstone for Who knows? six to 10 years now at this point, something like that. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a minute. Like she's not in the public eye as much as, you know, the, the greens are. So uh, I think that uh, her, her, uh, especially in the scene. Yeah. The, the knife for dope. And then, uh, cutting back to Aegon, um, we, how we talked about like this awesome development of his character, and then we see him here like kind of rise to the occasion a little bit and playing the part of the of the heir, the king, uh, where he he goes along with the ceremony. Uh, I really I thought uh, what's his name Tom Glenn Carney I think it's uh Aegon's actor's name okay uh yeah. he was so great with the subtlety of those uh, uh of, of locking eyes with uh everybody up on stage his mom his grandpa like all these his brother like and like hey are you gonna bow to me like because i'm i'm king now and like that was just awesome seeing them all battle him in different ways like i thought that was like, shot really it, well 
too like how it like it went back and forth at a good pace and like you understood what was happening as he's like looking down and everything and then he turns to his right and his grandpa is like fuck yes kid let's go get it and yeah i do want to bring i'll bring it up in a second but as hard as he like is in the scene and he's raising the sword and everybody's cheering the second something bad comes like starts happening this man is 20 years old and he hides behind his mom's fucking shoulder yeah, which I mean, well, I, yeah, with, but yeah, like, and then going to Otto, like, we see Otto so animated because we see his plan coming to fruition. Um, not as animated as he was last episode when uh, they were dancing at the dinner party and, and jumping and jiving and stuff. But we see that, like, glow in his eyes, man, that grin, like, that is his plan is, is, is coming to fruition. Um, and then, we cut to uh, a big old explosion. I did not see this coming. I didn't either. Uh, and no. I had forgotten completely about Rhaenyra after the like yeah. march had started, which I think was the like it was perfect though. Yeah, except for the, the CGI. The, the CGI was oh, up until like the dragon or the just w- as the dragon emerges and like you're seeing all the people run away and stuff, and the dragon's still in like half smoke. It just I don't know. It wasn't working for me until the the dragon was out of the smoke, and I think it was just those smoke effects. Like, le- like obviously, you're gonna spend more time on like when the dragon's supposed to be like in the king's face. But there's just a couple shots that I think they could have used, maybe three more passes on. But who am I to say? I'm not a fucking animator, so yeah, they're, they're doing so, a great job. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, the drag that the dragons in this show are infinitely better than the ones that we got in game of thrones so i really shouldn't bitch i'm like really nitpicking here because the cgi in this show compared to game of thrones is like night and day in my opinion it is so fucking good in the show so anytime there's like a little inconsistency it like really (laughs) stands out yeah yeah they're the cgi is better and they're smarter with like the cuts and Mm -hmm. stuff they do with the dragons it's kind of like I mean, with She-Hulk, where, like, they don't show her transforming as much. Like, they, they know, like, where to pick and choose, the, you know, their spots. Um, but, yeah, throughout this whole episode, when Rhaenys kind of knows what's going on, she's like, I need Maylis. I need my dragon. Like, let's go. Like, I need to get out of here. And, uh, obviously, she can't just walk up to the dragon pit because uh, the Greens are keeping her locked up. They're on watch. They have command of all the people in charge of the dragon pit. Uh, but this worked out perfect but, for her plan. Cause that's where she wanted to go to begin with. And right. Eric or Arik, what, whoever Eric was like, not having it. And then she was like, all right, fuck you bitch. And like went and got a dragon anyway. Yeah. We, I, cause I think we see Eric go to Dragonstone next episode. So he just is like, I lost her or she, he probably sees a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, okay, be she's <laughs> I'll be there in a few weeks or whatever. Like, you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't pick a homie up? Come on now. That's a long walk. Um, doing the thumbs up. Yeah. Um, like, uh, so because the coordination is at the dragon pit, uh, shocker, there's a bunch of dragons, you know, hundreds of feet below, presumably. And uh, I, I again, it's medieval-ish times. Like, it's, uh, you know, fantasy. There's no one guarding that, that door, bro. Like, she's just able to walk what? in. I, obviously, I think... There are people below. Um, I'm assuming she just knows how to navigate the dragon pit. She can obviously speak to her dragon, so she was able to navigate that. But I was like, dang, she just slipped by there. No, there's not one guard like at that spot, right? 
but okay, she she got Everybody it. was just preoccupied with what was going on <laughs> in the the ceremony. You know, those lower levels, they didn't have as many people watching them, and so she, like you said, she knows all the routes. So she just Sam Fishered it up and didn't need a flashlight. Yeah. So and then she just comes busting under. Is it under? Yeah, she, she comes, comes up under? out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She just busts through the floor, kills a couple hundred people, no biggie, um, <laughs> and <laughs> just smashing just, them. Yeah, just smashing them, and then just has this epic stare down with the greens. Now they talk about it in the behind the scenes, like doc for this episode, and they they mention it like, hey, some people aren't going to agree with this, like what we chose to do, because I don't think this was in the book. This was like a show creation, okay? Uh, be- because they wanted to give Rainey's more agency and, and just make her more powerful and make her cooler more, more dynamic worked. yeah because she's very yeah. dynamic as a character and i think at, this didn't feel pushed to me this didn't feel like no. an add-on Bro, her armor was sick dude. yo big facts big facts that shit was slick dude when she like put that i was like oh so you just keep that shit by your dragon and like you're ready to roll bro it's in that big like knapsack thing yo. Her, like her saddle yeah you right you, that's probably where they stashed that shit i'm assuming i'm assuming there's been like shots and stuff of like different targaryens with their armor and like man the targaryen armor just looks so sick dude like yeah uh, i liked how yeah. pr- like pronounced the shoulder plates were and like mm-hmm. they they anyway they looked like hefty sh- anyway, I, I really liked armor. as a metroid fan i love giant like shoulder Hell. pauldrons man like the bigger they are the that's like just makes the armor that much cooler gets brett um, going that's right <laughs> not like laris but like just in a cool hype way yeah <laughs> Um, but we so what What did you think about this decision of Rhaenys not to just burn that entire family to a crisp and end it right here and there dude what I think it was a decision I didn't really understand and I'm not gonna lie I still don't really understand it when it happened and like the more time is like going by and everything like I don't know why why you go and do that I personally feel like it was a mistake on her part just because it's going to complicate a lot of shit. Your grandkids are betrothed to the person you just betrayed. Having said that, I think it is like an excellent character moment for Renice of like her own agency and everything. And like really be kind of like everybody said I should have been this one thing. Well, now I'm like choosing what I want to be or like who I am. And I don't know. I'm, I, I respect the decision because she definitely has set herself up to, I don't know, take over the world. I, I, I really like Renee, so it's hard to get mad at anything she does. I think she's been a super solid character this show. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, like, in, in like episodes one and two, primarily, I was like, oh, this, she's just bitter and yeah. cranky. She, and she takes a minute to wear off on you. Yeah. I was because I was like, oh, yeah, Viserys got picked by the council. I mean, probably due to sexist reasons, but he got picked by this, like, council. So it's like this you know, huge body of lords and, uh, and, and folks from all over the, uh, continent. Um, so I was like, yeah, Viserys is like the, the right guy, but yeah, like, man, Renice has really grown on me over this. And, and I agree with you. Like it would have been so easy to just pay Dracarys, burn him to a crisp, go home. And, I wish and, they had, yeah. to be honest. When I saw him sniveling behind Allison, I was like, y'all motherfuckers <laughs> had this shit coming, get him. And then she didn't. And I was like, I, I respect it, Queen. Go go off. But I wish you would have. And it shows rightfully so. And we and we see it in Thrones as well. Like, 
you can be t as tough as you want. You got a dragon's face in your face. Like, I don't care who you are. You're not going to be acting tough. Like, we even, like, Eamon, one of the coldest dudes in the show, is, like, obviously he's still doing that, like. Yeah, his pouty. Purse, that purse, purse lips. But he's, but it's, like, a little, like, a little scared. Uh, you can tell he's a yeah. little scared still. Like, he's more, he, um, dude, he's just shit his pants and he's trying to, like, hold it together in that moment. <laughs> It is, it is, uh, what is it? His left eye? Yeah. Left eye? Left his eye. left eye is crying. You can't see it, but it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's all pooling in his eye patch. Um, yeah. I want to, I wish Randy sort of just burned into a crisp, but I loved, and I think they said it in the behind the scenes as well, the dichotomy of Otto being like kill, 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 subterfuge, blah, 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 throughout this entire episode. And, um, Renice is like, no, I'm going to show you guys mercy. Um, I'm like not going to kill an entire family. You know, my they're they're my family too, most of them, like by blood. I'm not going to, you know, kill a mother. I'm not going to kill daughters and sons and all that. Like, so I did appreciate that agency from Renice, uh, to not choose not to wipe them out and then presumably fly to Dragonstone or Driftmark. We're not sure yet. Um, so yeah, I did appreciate that um but yeah uh that is the end of uh this episode again we talked about it earlier like i expected like somebody's head to get cut off like ned's in episode nine of season one a lot of the episode nines and seasons uh past for thrones specifically have had like major battles uh, and stuff battles right? you know plot pivots all that stuff twists turns whatever uh, this wasn't like that again because this conflict and these characters are are just way more nuanced. It's not like it was a evil Lannisters versus good Starks. It's like I, I like yeah. We just said we're we're growing more attached to Aegon. Like we empathize with Allison a little bit more in in certain respects. Like yeah, it's just more nuanced. So it's I wonder how it's gonna play out for other like future like penultimate episodes for dragon i really like like this episode nine i would you know it didn't have the action and the huge set pieces of like the duel of the bastards and all that other shit but for me like out of a season one this was a really good episode nine because i feel like there was just as much movement it was just all in house of dragons instead of the game of thrones way right and so i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was a really good episode nine i thought eight and nine of this season have really hit and i'm really hoping they stick the landing next week because what they've set up and what we see in that next week little trailer thing at the end i am super stoked and this show i really didn't have a lot of high hopes for being a prequel and it has just continued to prove me wrong time and time again um, I was way more excited about Lord of the Rings coming into the show. Now that's wrapped, you know, that's still personally more my cup of tea, but I cannot believe how well, uh, House of the Dragon has played out and how much I'm falling in love with these characters as somebody who was like hesitant. Cause I got, we all got real burned on Game of Thrones and your boy did not take it lightly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said before, the dichotomy of this episode being all about the greens, the next episode all being about the blacks, like this two faction sided like way of storytelling as opposed to the more like linear storytelling for thrones it's gonna be interesting to see i'm sure i'm sure we're gonna get a lot of black stuff and then like a little tease for a, or cliffhanger or some maybe something for the next episode but 
Um, well, this is yeah. next week is the last episode, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Next so week's the last episode. episode it 10. is interesting they chose to do the house for house thing on the last two episodes. Like very yeah, they're, interesting. They're building up house green. They're gonna build up house black even more. Uh, I can't like I, I I'm still rooting more for house black. So I'm wondering what they're gonna do. Maybe they'll tear down house black because it, for me it's it was like 75 house blacks, 25 green, and now it's like 60 house black, 40 green. So I'm wondering if they're gonna be like. Man, somebody in House Black, they suck. Like, just like draw. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Or they could raise him up. I don't I, know. I will say there's a lot of heavy lifting from Allison to get the greens raised up because she, I don't know. Personally, I'm at a point now where she is, her and the younger Allison are the same person. I'm fully in on that. I'm still getting there with Rhaenyra, but this Allison that we've gotten in this first season is just. Like she needs an Emmy along with Patty. Like she, they, th these, those two have really been the standouts for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just visually, the two actresses for Allison have like literally looked like like mother daughter twins. I don't know what, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the like, way they act and like the way that they go about their business, the honor thing, like it just really flowed together. I wasn't certain about it when we first got them, but fuck yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just love how nuanced this show is. Like, um, I I haven't watched uh, Lord of the Rings yet because what I do is I, I've been watching She-Hulk and watching Andor as well, and then House of the Dragon. And then there's, like, two-hour podcast for each House of the Dragon episode that I listen to. So that takes me, like, a day or two to go through <laughs> as well. So I And now that, and now that Dragon's almost done, Lord of the Rings is out, all the way done, I'm going to, like, just get into it because I, I, i've heard good things about it i think you'll appreciate it more being able to binge it because there are some slower more plotty episodes and they're very two different very, very different shows and yeah. like you know you can compare them because they're both you know uh medieval and dealing with magic and stuff but very different writing styles and everything so i don't know i i ate real good this fall i'll put it that way both of them yeah. are really taking my fancy fuck yeah Let's go, dude. Let's go. Uh, but that is it for our uh, ninth episode, or I guess technically eighth episode for this podcast. But for episode nine, The Green Council, we will be with you next week, uh, Monday morning. I believe that is the 24th uh, for the final episode, uh, The Black Queen, which is going to be all about Rhaenyra and her faction. I can't wait to get into it with, fucking go. with all of you guys. Uh, Thrones is back. House of Dragons here. Let's go. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. Bye. Take it easy, everyone.